Hey, thanks for joining us. We're back after a uh, unscheduled break, which before that there was a scheduled break, so we kind of haven't been around that much, but we are back and we're here to talk about our sermons again. This is Sunday Recap, the weekly edition, kind of, of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off our sermon this past Sunday. You can get more recordings of our sermons and our podcast at begrace.org slash podcast. And for more information about our church, you can visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Colon. I'm Chris Webster. I'm Dave McMurray. I'm Kendrick Spells. (laughs) I'm Jim Wilson. All right. It always works really well when I don't say ahead of time who goes in what order. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I started off uh, our little meeting before we started going live that it's going to be Rutsy this week. So you all have to bear with us in our uh, inability to speak to each other and our great ability to talk over each other probably since it's been a while. We were out of practice for for uh, recording sermon discussions, but we are back. We're in a different different series than when we last talked to you. We're in Jude now, mm. and I was hoping since we haven't we haven't discussed Jude at all that you could Dave give a little background on Jude, why you chose Jude, how long we're in Jude, and maybe where we're going next. I don't know. Do my gra- yeah. glasses look really crooked to everybody? Nice. You look good, man. (laughs) You look better than Jim's. Oh, man. All right. Um, Jude. Okay, so we try to alternate Old Testament, New Testament to some degree. You know, it's not like we have to do that, but that's just to kind of give us a balanced diet. And I uh, had been praying about it, talking to the elders, talking to ministry directors, talking to the pastors, you know, just thinking about different ideas, kind of what what are the needs of our culture. So that was part of what was in the mix. And I just made a list of all the books of the Bible I had never taught before as well. And Jude pops up and I realized, man, I've never even heard someone teach on Jude. I've never been in a Bible study that studied Jude, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hmm. And so that I think that kind of got me excited about it. Like it's this mysterious little book. Um, and there's this, this theme of contending. That's what we've called it. Contend for the faith. That's the the key verse in verse three. And I thought, man, we're, we're in a time in our culture where everybody wants to fight, you know, like everybody wants to fight about everything. Let's fight. Let's, let's, you know, make a big deal out of, it, out of things. And, and so I just thought it'd be helpful to look at what Jude says about like, what does fighting actually look like spiritually? What, what are the things that are worth fighting over? How do we fight? Um, so I think that's I think that's the main summary. Yeah, just the contentiousness of our culture and thinking what what addresses that spiritually. So that was what led us to Jude. And we're in Jude for a couple more weeks. Is that right? It's a four week series exactly, Joey. I know how many weeks Jude is, and we've <laughs> usually, done, we've done two. I'm weeks. usually like a, yeah, I'm usually vaguely in the neighborhood of. Plus or minus one or two weeks, but this one is going to be four weeks. We've, we've decided it. It's easier when it's a super short book to yeah. plan it out. Not even uh, multiple chapters in the book. So yeah, yeah. a four-week series, we're two weeks into it. So mm-hmm. we've got two weeks left, which means mm-hmm. mid-February we move somewhere else and we're going to... Going to Philippians. So you're breaking your Old Testament, New Testament... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and go yep, into yep. Philippians because it's also about fighting. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, really, Philippians was more of an emphasis on on buying in. You know, like being invested in mm-hmm. in what we're doing. So I think that the, the uh, title we're looking at is "Risk Everything," um, and yeah, it's just a big emphasis on partnering in the gospel, being willing to risk and invest and buy in to what God is doing in the mission of the church. And because we're in a rebuilding phase, because of the, the uh, chaos of the pandemic, we thought, you know what, that's a, good, that's a good place to go. And this is actually one I have taught before, and I have studied quite a bit before, um, but it's been 15 years since I, since I taught it. So I thought, okay, it's not, it's not like uh, 
It's not super fresh. It was the first sermon series I ever did at Grace Bible Church. So, so what you're saying is buy GameStop stock. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Risk man. everything. Risk it all. Risk Put it all on the line. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I actually watched a couple of videos on what that was this weekend because I was like, what, what even is this? It's so weird. Anyway, but we don't want to talk about that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but it's not the, uh, yeah. the topic of our discussion today. Yes. Um, so Philippians comes in a couple weeks talking about mm-hmm. risking mm-hmm. everything for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's like a uh, you told me already. I can't remember six weeks, eight weeks, sixteen weeks. Um, I don't remember. It's going to run us through May, so I'm going to say I'm going to give you an estimate. You don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Fourteen <laughs> about weeks. About fourteen weeks, maybe twelve. But it's mm. it's going to be all of March, all of April, all of May. So I guess that's twelve weeks ish. Yeah, we'll see. Give or take. We'll see. Two. Give or take. Plus or minus. Plus or minus two. We're going to start it in mid-February, right? So Jim's actually going to kick it off for us with the background and intro. And then that'll be third week of Feb and then fourth week of Feb. I'll start. Yeah. So about 12, 13, maybe 14 weeks. <laughs> Long time. Someone with Good a time. calendar. Look it up. That's all right. <laughs> call in on line one. We'll fast track you. I didn't. <laughs> line one's already occupied. They need to call line two. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> No, I didn't need specifics. I was just trying to get us a good general idea of where we're going. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Jude, we were here last week, did the first two verses. This week, mm-hmm. verse three and four. And Dave wants me to ask Chris about his artwork. So yeah. if you haven't seen the artwork, well, if you're watching this, you probably watch our Sundays, at least at home, or you joined us in person. So you've mm-hmm. probably seen the artwork, but now you have to close your eyes and imagine it and envision it. And Chris will tell you all about it. Yeah, yeah. So it is all four Ninja Turtles um, uh-huh. in a circle. <laughs> and Michelangelo yes. is bigger than the rest of them. <laughs> <It's> exactly. <laughs> I should have done that. the chief. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't, uh, anyway, long story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Art, let's see. So it is um, mm-hmm. Boots walking through a i believe it's a cornfield although i get corn and sorghum mixed up sometimes it's definitely wet wet water boots like rain boots or yeah yeah good point yes yes some kind of yeah yeah waterproof boots and it looks uh, like there's been a drought where did you go to take that picture who did you find? That, <laughs> that was in Rogers. Rogers. Oh, that Rogers. was in Heidenheimer, Texas. Just kidding. Mm. Wow. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just drove through there. I didn't see that. <laughs> it's, it, there's a historical marker in it there now, so you, you can find mm. it easily. Mm. Uh, good, good. Yeah, I, I'll update yeah. the wiki page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, so it's it's like uh, kind of a farming scene with some, yeah, rain, a guy walking with rain boots-ish, and uh, I guess that's the main thing, uh, but it has l- sort of laid on top of it a, uh, gosh, my brain's not working, not an elevation map, what do you call that, Topographical? Joey? Topographical, topographical map? there you go, that's, yeah, a topographical map, Um and so I was trying to, we, as we were talking about the series um, and even just the word contend, like really the, the more, more blatant way to say it is fight, but we've been having so much, you know, interesting chaos and violence and, and all that in our culture that we're trying to figure out ways to say it that aren't, I, actually that's, that's kind of the perfect, <laughs> perfect thing is what does fighting mean? Is it, is it a physical fight? Is it a fist fight? Is it a... Um, ideological fight what, what you know we all like Dave said in a sermon this week um, we tend to fight about the wrong things and in the wrong ways um, and so but there is a, there is sort of this this element of striving and and hard work and so um, so we kind of settled in on this um, we are we are called to sweat for sure and so there's that farming metaphor of like and then the boots on the ground kind of thing of like this is not just a passive thing it's it's active it's it's move on move on this thing um put in effort um it should cost you something um but then i also wanted to work in that it's kind of a strategic movement it's a bigger than us kind of a thing um 
I also like that the topographic lines sort of look like roots. So um, I was kind of hoping to to pull in a little bit of that tension just a little bit on the edges. Like, what what are we talking about? Are we talking about an invasion by force? Are we talking about a um, you know a mission kind of thing? Or are we talking about farming? And the answer is kind of yeah, all of that. So. Dave, do you agree? Yeah, we we struggled with it because we didn't want to have, like, fist fight imagery. And so, really, Chris was the genius on on the farming. I I thought that was beautiful to bring farming in because that's the... One of the things we've talked about in the past is how often in organizational leadership we lean into... uh, What's the word? Like, factory kind of mechanical... Industrial, industrial, you know, industrial revolution kind of metaphors, building widgets, factory kind of stuff. Whereas, like, if you think about what's the major metaphor for our work in the scripture, what is the work the church is doing? Well, a lot of times it's farming. Sometimes it's building, but most often it's farming when you kind of look across all of the different analogies. Sometimes Mm -hmm. shepherding, sometimes farming. Uh, And so... Yeah, I just thought that was a really brilliant idea. I was excited that, that Chris came up with that because we were, we were kind of struggling. We were like, how, how do we like encourage people to fight without encouraging people to like start throwing fists for the gospel? That's not what we're trying to say, you know. Um, so anyway, I was, I was real pleased with it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So last week, the first couple verses, could you summarize your sermon from last week? Elevator pitch yeah. for your sermon last week, maybe? Two minutes? Elevator pitch. Um, he's going to spend like 25, 26 verses, estimate, 25 or 26 verses talking about contending. But his first two verses, he starts hard with identity. Like the identity is where it all starts. This is what matters. So he's talking about his own identity as an apostle, yet really a servant is kind of his primary self-definition. And then the identity of the people he's writing to who are loved by the Father, who uh, he prays a blessing that their, you know, love and mercy and peace would be multiplied in their life. So, um, so I just thought it was a really beautiful way to start going back to last week, how we sometimes fight the wrong fights in the wrong ways. It's because we have the wrong identity. So verse one and two, he starts with identity. We're servants. We're embraced by the father. We're growing in him. And if we have that, you know, have our identity hat on, and have that straight that helps us to kind of start moving in the right direction. Mm. Nice. Mm. Nice. Anybody else thoughts mm-hmm. on Jude as a whole before we move into verse three and four? Well, just the idea of uh, contending is not the same as being contentious. And, mm. and we tend to be very contentious right now in our mm-hmm. society. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I like it that you chose artwork that wasn't about fighting because <laughs> we're not promoting fighting we're, we're promoting working hard uh, to mm. communicate the gospel uh, so I thought that was good yeah mm. I like it well you uh, this week we're on this week now mm-hmm. everybody's caught mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. we covered the mm-hmm. last uh, seven weeks that we didn't podcast just kidding but um Okay, everyone's caught up, and I can't remember where it is, and I'm trying to look through your notes. I accidentally left my notes at the office. Um, That's what happens when you partially work from home and work from the office. I'm sure everyone has experienced that. But you started off talking about how the first couple verses, you know, we're talking about faith, and then it could be that he means therefore contend, or it could mean that he means um, alternatively contend or something like that. What was that point? That was kind of yeah. towards the beginning. <clears throat> so, mm, do you remember that? Just basically, it's a different. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide. I'm trying to not get lost in the weeds. But this so is the, the translations to get lost are different. In the weeds. Yeah, the translations are different, and so some <laughs> translations basically read like, "I was going to write this letter, but instead I'm writing a different letter." And other translations read. I wanted to write this, and I also wanted to write this. It's confusing in the Greek whether he's saying, I'm writing both kinds of letters, 
or if he said, I'm not writing the first kind of letter, but I am writing the second kind of letter. It's very confusing in the Greek, and our translations bear that out. And so one of the jobs that I feel like I have as a pastor is to explain how our translations can be different, but the truth is still the same Hmm. so that people don't get freaked out about that. And so sometimes I do that better. Sometimes I do that worse. I was just trying to explain the the big idea is the same thing. (laughs) Like the point is he's saying, I'm writing to ask you to contend for the faith. And whether or not it's I'm writing about both these things or I'm writing about only one of these things is not important to what he's telling us to do. So that's what I was trying to explain with my, what's the main point? The main point is the same either way. It's content for the faith. That's the main point. And sometimes, so I was kind of trying to prove by going down the rabbit hole a little bit, that sometimes we can get pulled off the main point by focusing on the rabbit hole too much. So like, let's go halfway down the rabbit hole and recognize, oh yeah, either way, it's the same main point. He's saying contend for the faith. And so it's important to me that people acknowledge some of these little confusing details from translation to translation, from commentator to commentator, pastor to pastor, but also can back up and say, oh, but we all agree on the big idea. You know, like the big ideas are still the same big ideas. And so that's just a part of my passion as a teacher is to say, yep, there are some confusing things. Yep, we can talk about that. But you're still on the hook for the main thing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. God still tells you to contend for the faith. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, depending on the person, that's either helpful or not helpful. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm laughing because Chris hates it when I do stuff like that. He and I talk about it a lot. <laughs> He's like, why'd you even talk about that? That was confusing. <laughs> I shouldn't say hate, but he doesn't. He doesn't like that. There, yeah, there's. Uh, we all have different learning styles. Truth. Is that fair, Chris? Chris yeah, is being I so silent. I, yeah, I was just laughing. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it's it's because it's. Um, I think it's very tricky to say. Let me answer your objection before you have the objection. So that's what it's always like. Wait, I didn't get confused yet, and you're explaining why I shouldn't be confused. So that's why it's always that's why it's always hard. But I think I appreciate that you have a heart for that. And so, yeah, there probably Mm -hmm. are people out there who did read ahead of time and were confused by that. Um, But I'm Mm -hmm. never confused until you tell me to be confused and then tell me not to be confused. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) like why are you doing this to me? It's like introducing extra confusion. I'm yeah. the guy that read ahead and was like, hmm. Mm. Hmm. But I read Jude and the CSB, and he starts off mm-hmm. saying, dear friends, although, which is, I mm-hmm. think, one of the things you're saying, different mm-hmm. from the translations. And I actually was like, hmm, I'm going to ask Dave about this when mm-hmm. I compared it to some other translations. So for me, it answered mm-hmm. a question, but nice. I only read ahead because I knew we were going to be in Jude, so. I probably confused myself. You get so, myself, many, you get so many points. You get so many points, Kendrick. <laughs> I do have another way to say this is I have a philosophy that it's important to answer questions that skeptics would have about the text because I want our church to be a church where skeptics can come and have their questions answered. So I know 70% of the people attending are not skeptics and are not often answering those questions. Not to say Kendrick's a skeptic, but uh, to say, you know, like, but you you <laughs> ask skeptical questions. I think that's part of the way Kendrick and I connect is we we both like have these skeptical questions, even though we really trust the text. We're like, wait, yeah. whoa, what is that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's one of those where, in fairness, I know I'm talking about something that 70% of the people don't care about. But it's because I feel like we have to keep opening the door to that to that group of people that are, you know, skeptical or a little burnout on trusting the Bible. Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> okay. Introduction. I guess you just kind of talked about contending for lesser things. Mm. I don't know if we need to talk about your yes. bloody shoes. <laughs> bloody <laughs> shoes. Mm. Bleeding for the gods of sports. The gods of Texas football, not even the gods of sports. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Friday Night Lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny thing is, okay, this is kind of related. I don't know if y'all went through this phase where when you were a young man, you thought it was cool to like have a cut. And then you became an older man and you're like, ah, I'm bleeding. And it was like a panic attack. Has that ever happened to you? Like I saw some, like there was like a change in my adult life where suddenly it scared me when I was bleeding. My three-year-old likes to uh, think it's cool to have a cut, but I think it's because I try to make him not cry by telling him how cool his cuts are. So Uh, (laughs) maybe that's what happened to me. I got brainwashed. Oh man. I was working for UPS when I was like 25 and cut my hand really bad and I remember this panic and horror coming over me. And I was like, huh, when I was like 16, this wouldn't have bothered me at all. I would have thought it was cool, but yeah. Guess I'm an adult now. I care about a bleeding hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to preserve my life. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, cool. Well, that's sermon illustration for another day, I guess. Um, (laughs) Point one, contend for the faith, not just a faith. Mm. Yes. It is a defined content. There are set truths that the apostles have passed down. There's a message that you can get right or wrong, and that's culturally... I think culturally we tend to have more of an evolutionary slash individualistic interpretation view, you know? So either truth evolves, you know, for all of humanity or at an individualistic level, like it means whatever I want it to mean, which is different than the biblical faith that says, nope, here are these right things that are truths. And it's a definite set data point, you know, list of doctrines, list of truths that you have to know and believe. Yeah, it's the... uh the circles of primary issues, secondary issues, tertiary issues, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't use that this mm-hmm. week, but we've used that before, shown that before. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I thought the the illustration of the baton being passed was a really good one. Uh, at first, I was like, okay, yeah, cool, a race analogy, whatever. But mm-hmm. then when you talked about you have to run the race, but you also can't drop the baton, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. next level... Next level running the race imagery. I really like that. It helped connect the points for me. I don't know if anybody, or the point for me. I don't know if that helped anyone else or if whatever, but. I think it helped everybody else too, Joey. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Sitting here on my own. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I was just, I think I was uh, going off in my head a little bit on um, the the exclusive exclusive I can't say I can't talk to Exclusive yeah however you say that word um <laughs> that like like you were saying culturally that there is a right and wrong that there is a boundary isn't mm-hmm. it's not popular and um mm-hmm. I was trying to find the edges of that of like what why is that what is that um I think for some for whatever reason. I think it's it's probably the acceptance thing. Like there, it just comes off as super kind to say, "Yeah, man, bless your heart." You know, think you know, we accept you no matter what. Like, come on, mm-hmm. you know, we love you. Mm-hmm. Think whatever you want as long as you're kind of vaguely spiritual. Uh, that's cool, mm-hmm. you know. And that that feels really warm and fuzzy <laughs> at first, mm-hmm. but I think that also as as just trying to ponder the edges of that, like. Um, really it sets up a false dichotomy. There's either the mm. kind people who accept whatever you want to believe, and then there's the angry, mean, judgmental people who say, mm. no, you have to believe this. And I think there's a third way mm. that we we don't often talk about or describe, which is kind people who do believe there's truth and falsehood. Like there's there's true and false. Mm. Like like the shepherds, I think that's that's a thing that we're, there's a there's uh man i don't know there's just there's this like feisty middle where it's like i am gonna love you and shepherd you and also have a hard line of no you can't just think whatever you can't spread lies and say their truth mm-hmm. you know so there's like a toughness but also a a willingness to um to guide and to to be forgiving you know i think that's that's a lot of where we hit hit this strange awkward place in small groups where it's like Oh, what do we do if someone's like 
really trying to follow Jesus and trying to submit to the scripture, but saying some dumb things in small group, right? Like a lot of us are just like caught off guard, like, oh, wait, do I call him out? Do I not? You know, and it's really is a, a balancing act of like, mm-hmm. how do I, how do I have real standards and believe there is a gospel and then there's false gospels, but n- not just be Mr. Mean, like, angry at everything and and smack you around if you ever say anything wrong right and then how do i not drift all the way to the other side of yeah wishy-washy believe whatever you want just vague spirituality is what we're aiming at you know i think that's Mm -hmm. again i think that's a false uh, there's there's usually only said there's only two options you believe you let anyone believe whatever they want or you are mad at everyone and that's what we say but living in the middle is what we're called to and and that's a hard, it's a hard balance to have. Yeah, I, yeah, that, I think that helps with what we talked on, on uh, Wednesday, Thursday. What day do we do, Preach Ed? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. We talked on Wednesday about this section, uh, mm-hmm. about the tradition idea. And, and you mm. used it, illustrated, did you use it in, in, on Sunday morning? The roast in the pan? Yeah, the meatloaf or whatever. I skipped it. Okay. I, I had too much material. Yeah. Like, I had so, tons of stuff so I left out. So, on Thursday, <laughs> we were talking yeah. about tradition, and you were saying, like, mm-hmm. the the apostles' tradition, you know, is, is the definable gospel or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you started talking about, you know, the tradition might be my grandma's meatloaf and why she does it this way. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that was really confusing for me. And then uh, on Sunday, you kind of talked about maybe the way we do church or like, mm-hmm. what else did you say? Um, keeping doors open because of COVID or something. I don't know. It mm-hmm. was still a little confusing mm-hmm. for me, I felt like. So, I was hoping mm-hmm. that you could help define that more. And I think Chris yeah. is is helping me get there at least. Mm-hmm. And maybe the rest of you can help mm-hmm. us get there further. But like mm-hmm. when we're talking tradition of the apostles, we're not, I mean, it, it could be like the way we sing songs or whatever, but that's, I feel like that's missing the point. I think it's more yeah. of what's a gospel issue and what's not maybe, but maybe yeah. you could help us get there. Uh, yeah. So I was trying to, I was trying to say that there is the tradition of the apostles is the gospel. And then Jesus, the, but the word tradition can be used in other ways. And so that's part of the confusion, right? So we have this word tradition. And we usually don't use it the way the apostles use it. (laughs) We usually use it in the other way that Jesus uses it. But here's the crazy thing. Jesus uses it negatively. So like, you know, so there are these debates all the time. Um, You know, it's really cool for, I shouldn't say cool. It's a bad way. But anyway, because we're a non-traditional church, there's always this pull of, well, why aren't we more traditional? And what about these other more traditional groups? And aren't traditions good? And there's a hunger for it. And and traditions can be sweet and beautiful. We all have traditions. Like, there's, there's nothing wrong in general with traditions. And so I was trying to distinguish from the fact of, like, there are, there is the tradition of the apostles, which is the gospel, the gospel message. We can't compromise. We got to know that. That's the set faith passed on from the apostles. And then there are good traditions, which are ways of doing things that can be positive. And then there are bad traditions, which are ways of doing things which can be negative. And we're constantly, we have to reevaluate it. I think the the real danger for kids that are being lured towards a more traditional system of faith is not that tradition in itself is wrong, is that they want to stop evaluating it. And we never get that right. We are never allowed to stop evaluating our traditions. And so there's this lure of, I just want to rest in a system that's cohesive where people tell me what to do. And I hear this from people all the time and I'm like, okay, but you don't, you don't get the right to stop evaluating it. As Christians, we always have to keep evaluating it. Mm -hmm. And, And that comes in with Jesus's words on tradition where he's like, you're, you're now putting the traditions of your fathers ahead of the truth of God. And you're now in sin. Even though arguably those traditions of the fathers and the Jewish circles started out good at some point, you know, like, so, so it's this tricky balance of we have to constantly, every generation teach people to think like missionaries, to evaluate their own tradition and to hold them separately. So, you know, even if we say we're going to do this kind of music, we're going to meet in this style, 
we're going to teach people this kind of quiet time. We're going to do this kind of catechesis. We're going to do this format of Bible study. Those can all be good things. We just have to simultaneously teach people. You have to know the difference between that and the gospel message. <laughs> like form and truth are, are two different things, and you have to be able to separate those. Um, and so that's where it's tricky because I think people want, they just want the, just just tell me what to do, man. You know, <laughs> just like, just tell me what to do. I don't want to have to keep uh, thinking about it, you know. Can you can so. you help define that? You used that phrase in your sermon mm-hmm. to the, uh, mm-hmm. the teaching people to be missionaries. Yeah. What, what does that mean or look like? To be um, be a missionary mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you're not going anywhere not doing anything yeah yeah yeah. so uh I'll, I'll go to a friend who who planted a church among people in a certain district of india right so a certain people group and they're much more separated with their genders by tradition they separate genders way more than we do in our culture so our culture has taught us Gender should not be separated, you know, like we should keep genders together for everything. But that's that's really more of a our culture value than a biblical value. The, the Bible's kind of in the middle. You know, the Bible's like, yeah, it's good to separate genders, but the genders are equal in dignity. Yet it's OK to separate them sometimes. You know, like the Bible's kind of more in the middle. Our culture tends to be on the radical equality side. So you go to a culture that's more of a traditionalist side and you have to wrestle with that. You're like, OK, wait, how much of this? Am I repulsed because of my culture or am I repulsed because of what the Bible says? And so missionaries have to do that every time they come into a culture because a missionary can't go in with a wrecking ball saying everything your culture does is wrong. Because half of the time, half of the things a foreign culture is doing are really kind of gray or they're not that big of a deal. You know, like, let's stick to the gospel. I'm not too worried about they make the men sit on this side of the church and the women sit on that side of the church. Is that really that big of a deal? Eh, probably not. It's not that big of a deal. You know, like they're just, there are things like that that um, missionaries have to wrestle with on a day-to-day basis. You know, are they abusing the women? Okay, that's wrong. That's not okay. You know, and, and so we have to, we have to always be kind of evaluating each piece of how our own culture proceeds and how their culture proceeds. So a missionary knows they have to do that. They're going into a foreign culture. What I was trying to argue is for us, we can pretend that we don't have a culture. And I think this is a difference between majority culture and minority culture people. I don't know if Kendrick wants to speak to this, but I think minority culture people in America are more aware that America has its own culture or at least predominant culture. And it's not exactly the same thing as the Bible. Majority culture people in America, typically white people tend to like not see culture like, it's just, this is just how life is. You know what I mean? Like, it's more invisible to us. So that's what I'm trying to press our people to be aware. Like, no, there's a cult, you know, like, there's this way of doing things. Is it right or wrong? Like, we have to think about it and say, is this right or wrong? You know, we all, we all look at screens for four hours a day. Is that right or wrong? Plus what everybody else does. It's just what we do, you know, dum de dum And we have to stop, look at it, you know, and measure it. And then I think for church people, people that grew up in the church or have had a positive discipleship experience in the church, that becomes even harder because you, you've glued the two together, right? So like if you grew up, you became a Christian, like maybe you didn't go to church, you become a Christian, you start going to a really healthy church where they do inductive verse-by-verse Bible study, and they're all about it, and they, they do that hardcore. Then you move to a new church that you know, maybe they don't do Bible study that way, but they still listen to the Bible, repent, try to obey it, but they just don't do inductive Bible studies much. You can like react in your head and think like they're, they're breaking the rules, you know, like they're anti-Christian when really it's just a different format, right? They're just, they're just doing things a little differently. So that constant awareness of culture is, is important for all Christians to have. Of course, it's more important, I think, for leaders to have that because we're we are to be proclaiming the message and not the method when we preach the gospel, you know? Um, so we're like, here's the message. Now here's a method I'm inviting you into. It's not the same thing as the message. We're going to, we're going to do this method. We're going to do small groups on this night at this time. It's a method to help us grow. It's not the same thing as the message of the gospel. Um, so that's just, it's just ongoing work. We all have to be doing. Yeah. I think, uh, 
sometimes even in our culture, we don't realize we have a culture. And uh, sometimes I think that that is a, a disconnect between our traditions versus uh, or for somebody from my age era. Right. Um, mm. I was in and out of church. And mm-hmm. so, so I was staring the pot on Facebook the other day. And I posted a, a a message about are people from my age group, are you guys angry with Jesus or are you angry with the culture of Christians that have misrepresented him? And a majority of them said, we're actually mad at the culture that misrepresented him. And we're not actually mad at Jesus. And so uh, I think after dialoguing with a lot of them, uh, it, it just came down to, oh man, some of the, generations before us or maybe even that's coming they don't realize they have a culture uh and they don't mm-hmm. realize that this culture is taken away from the gospel um mm-hmm. but they put so much weight on the culture and so i was able to like go through with some of them and say uh have ha- are these things that are debatable have they affected your uh community right mm-hmm. uh have you have you taken yourself out of community because you've been angry with the way a person does culture uh, or, or follow practice certain traditions. Uh, I'm reading this book called Misreading Scripture Through Western Eyes. And it's a really good book. And I think he kind of, Dave, is hitting on what you were hitting on about the, mm-hmm. driving the main point home, regardless of the culture or tradition. Um, one of the things that he puts forth in the book is like the story of the prodigal son. And we put a lot of emphasis in America on he was a big spender. He wanted um, his share of his inheritance and he spent it all. And he found himself in this country eating with pigs. Uh, and he, he kind of argued in the book, that's not really the part of the story that others in like maybe a communist culture would highlight as much even though they would Mm -hmm. they will highlight Mm -hmm. more so that there was a famine in the land and how Mm -hmm. powerful it it must have been on god's behalf to take somebody out of a famine and bring him back to his father so it goes back to the main point of the story Mm -hmm. Uh, but i just think uh when i heard that i was like no you can't do that that's the name like the prodigal means but uh the more and Mm -hmm. more he kind of unpacked it in the book i was like huh Interesting. Mm. I, th- I think it is mm-hmm. a thing that we have to constantly evaluate. Um, is this something that's taken away from the gospel or not? Uh, and I think for me, that's that's the sort of question I try to start with first, because if anything undermines the gospel, it's bad tradition. Um, mm. And then if it's not really undermining, taken away from the gospel, uh, what is it doing exactly? So, yeah, I think always evaluating culture and coming from mm-hmm. a place where I understand that everybody has a culture it kind of makes me always look at it in a way in light of jesus mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. it's really good yeah we were talking a lot about i was talking to my wife about tradition and i think mm-hmm. you can like in these conversations you can fall into just oh tradition's wrong and that's i think that's a very you know modern american thing to say like we only want new and shiny things right we don't we don't want the old mm-hmm. and stodgy stuff but but then there's that dichotomy of also we're longing for historic lasting yeah. truth and like we've said a thousand times i think that's so helpful is you can't you can't ever stop weighing these things against scripture uh but the mm-hmm. path my mind went, went down was um tradition is just a method that's become that's lasted <laughs> really right mm-hmm. it's a methodology mm-hmm. you all right dave so you had said message method and then tradition is just a method that has been held out for a certain pattern of time or a length of time mm-hmm. and it's become a pattern of people. And I think what I've been pa- thinking about is, so you have message, you have to have a method, right? You have to mm-hmm. have a method, of, a way of living, a, a, a strategy, a, a pro- right. process. You, ha- you have that, we always have that. Um, and so, so backing up from tradition back to just a method before it's become a tradition. Well, you have basically when you're evaluating these things, I think you have three three main categories in my head you have helpful traditions or methods you have helpful methods you have empty methods or traditions and you have wrong methods or traditions right Mm -hmm. and so 
like you said, Dave, when you're, when you're going to India and you're saying, okay, w- there's this way of doing things here. Which mm-hmm. of these is this? Is this the helpful mm-hmm. one that's defined by scripture as helpful, right? It's, it's actually um, connected to scripture and helping people. Is it that kind of method or tradition? Or is it an empty one where maybe it used to be helpful? <laughs> maybe it mm-hmm. used to like connect mm-hmm. with people, help them grow, um, used to make sense in some time or place. Mm-hmm. But but it isn't now, right? Which is another thing of like coming from America to India. Well, maybe mm-hmm. there was a thing that was really helpful back in America that is it's just empty here. It doesn't even make sense to do it that way. And so mm-hmm. that's that's okay to say and find, okay, now it's for either because things have changed, because it's a different people, just the circumstances are different. Now this mm-hmm. is an empty way of doing things. Maybe maybe it's just that like in America, mm-hmm. we saw we saw a lot of traditions become empty because we forgot the point of it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It just became this shell. Like we're just going to keep doing it this way, da 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 da. da mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether that's yeah. your songs you're singing or how you're doing church, whatever it is. But then there's also that last category you can't leave off. There are some wrong traditions that are just like we need to just get rid of this. This is like anti-biblical and mm-hmm. and hurtful, um, and, mm-hmm. and so we should just get rid of that. But um, that was helpful to me, like. Like just to say, traditions are not wrong. It's empty or bad traditions that are wrong. And guess yeah. what? Guess what the answer is? It's basically you got to come up with a new methodology that's scriptural and helpful um, mm-hmm. for your time and place. And and so anyway, I don't know if that helps someone, but that was my my kind of categorization in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think the thing that I keep thinking back is that what did you use? What M's did you use? Method and. Uh, message message yeah the the message has to be known in order for you to get it right though right that's like the first mm, step yeah. and and yeah. you you kind of got in that on your application right you said you know the basics mm-hmm. um memorize the roman road whatever blah blah and then you used uh you know learn it love it live it memorize it mm-hmm. um i don't remember what love it was let me look at your notes uh, be emotionally gripped by the wonder of God's love for you. That's nice. Did you say that, or is that just your notes? It's a nice line. <laughs> and then, and then, live yeah, it. That's but, just my notes. But I guess the first, uh, the first step of learning it uh, mm-hmm. is the part that I was wondering if maybe someone could help um, give some practical. Like you, you talked about reading, delighting in the Trinity, but you do that like every two weeks or three weeks. So I was thinking maybe if anybody has any other books. I mean, and it's so hard to be like. What's something besides the Bible to help me know what I need to actually believe? But hmm. I guess I'm just wondering if anyone can has any uh, memorization help or books someone mm-hmm. could read to know um, mm-hmm. the core message or what's important. You know, it seems like there's so much. How do you filter it out to know what message mm-hmm. actually matters so that you can evaluate your methods if you're working on that, if that makes sense? Um, yeah. Uh, just now, as I was speaking, 20 questions popped in my head. Is that the one? By Grudem, is that Grudem? Mm, young, 20 young Grudem beliefs or something. Yeah. It's twenty something. Yeah, I think it's twenty beliefs. I think that was a it's good a one. Old Grudem and Young Grudem did it together. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't. It's like twenty my, basic I don't beliefs. Have all my yeah. So it's like he took he took his giant systematic theology that Old Grudem wrote, and Young Grudem, who was a church planter, got his dad to like boil it down to just what are the twenty most important central doctrines. So that yeah, that's a good one. A good doctrinal summary. That's um, the- Joey, you introduced me to a like. There's a professor you had that did a fold out sheet. It's kind of like that too. It's like a laminated sheet that's a summary of basic doctrines from the theology book. Yeah, it's uh, gosh, Thomas, Eric Thomas, Thomas, I think. Yeah, he did. Thomas? He did a fold out of Grudem's systematic mm-hmm. theology. So it's an even shorter mm-hmm. version of the twenty questions. I don't even know if that's for sale or not. I, bought that at a college bookstore or something yeah i was able to buy it online like on amazon i have a copy of it and i mean and just the big book you can't you can't just sit down and read it straight through i mean i guess you could (laughs) most people can't but it's a big book the systematic theology by wayne grudem is really good i mean there's other ones as well but his is kind of a nice uh i don't know ecumenical kind of modern evangelical one that's pretty good um I was going to say the the catechism that Joey that you use with your kids New City Catechism is helpful. They've got good apps and good little memory songs. We used to use Westminster with our kids, which is you know New City is basically a hodgepodge of 
Heidelberg and Westminster, which are two of the most yeah. famous historic catechisms. Westminster shorter, maybe with your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the children's version. Um, can't think of what else. What do you guys got? What do you got, um, Jim? It's okay. Sorry. Just trying to bring you in. You <laughs> haven't had your five minutes yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the Ten Commandments, too. I mean, that was one thing I hit on. Like, people just don't know the Ten Commandments. And, like, we, we should know it, especially where our culture is going. There's kind of an, uh, a ratcheting up of the attack on the Old Testament happening right now that I sense in the culture of... Uh, it goes along with Christian morality is now seen as immoral <laughs> in our culture. Even more so Old Testament morality. You know, so there's like a fracturing of, oh, the Old Testament was this completely different ethical system. And so sometimes Christians defend our faith by trashing the Old Testament. <laughs> like, no, 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 don't go there, right? Like, as a modern American, I'm not super excited about, you know, some of the details of the law, right? I don't, there is a cultural difference there. But it's it's based on this highlighted key foundational moral framework we call the Ten Commandments. And we, we got to agree with that, you know. Um, so, so anyway, that's just a concern that I have. I remember at one point the Ten Commandments being hard for me because I was like, I can't even just find them in the Bible. Like, there's not just a list mm. of the Ten Commandments. It's like, it's how do I get it? Where do I find it? Who chose yeah. the Ten? Any uh, yeah. quick bit on that? We're already almost out of time and we're still in the first point. No! It's Exodus chapter 20. I would just say read Exodus chapter 20. Um, you might accidentally think there are 11 or 8, but, you know, that's fine. The number isn't that important. So. The way it's listed, you know, it's listed as a bunch of sentences kind of in paragraph form. So it's, yeah, to Joey's point, it's a little confusing. Like, wait, which is the first and which is the second? And I don't think that's as important. Cat, Just so you know, Catholics and Protestants actually disagree on on the order they order them differently huh. yeah the tool i was gonna say is uh the bible so <laughs> just <laughs> no i'm just i'm, I'm saying I'm by saying you can't I, i'm saying it's not <laughs> yeah yeah i'm dropping well, my mic but but no <laughs> jo- joking aside i do think um when dave was talking about culturally where we're headed and what's happening mm-hmm. i i do talk to more and more and more uh churchgoers that have not read through the Bible. Um, and I think, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I've been encouraged cause I have talked to more and more people who are saying this year I'm committing to, to do it, you know? And so I mm-hmm. think we have these tools, um, like you version and, and stuff that help mm-hmm. that have all these plans to get you, you know, help you mm-hmm. read through the Bible in a year or in two years. And I just encourage everybody, like, if you haven't done it, you need to do it. Like, like, mm-hmm. don't be, a, don't be a, a uh, churchgoer that's never read all the way through the Bible. And and there's going to be weird stuff and confusing stuff and hard mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and that's important to to have in there with that. I mean, we're reading through Revelation with our, with my kids. And it's like, yeah, it's tough sometimes. Like, what? Scorpions with people faces? And, you know, but it's like, <laughs> and we were like, I mean, my wife and I were like, well, maybe we should just read the letters to the churches and not all the, you know, prof- prophetic Stuff mm-hmm. like no, no, no. They ha- they need to be familiar with the the whole body of work, and and yes, mm-hmm. it's going to take time to work through it. But don't be afraid of that. I think. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, enough yeah. said there. But if you have to, and I would add to that. Go ahead. I just say, and if you okay. have done it, it's not like oh, this accomplishment is complete. I get to yeah. be done. Like yeah. do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so two things on that. The Bible Project has a little video called like. Hebrew meditation, something, it's something about Hebrew meditation. It's like the idea of their style of literature was written to be chewed on. And you were supposed to keep reading it, keep pondering it, keep puzzling over it and praying over it over a lifetime. So just adding to what Joey said, like, yeah, keep, keep going. Every time you read it, there's still going to be stuff that's totally confusing. That's one of the coolest thing. You know, my wife and I talk about this because she does a chronological every year. Her and one of my best friends have done the same chronological Bible over and over and over again for many years now, about 10 years. And you keep noticing new things, you know, you start to get a vibe for this is what the book is about. And some of those weird things start to be less weird over time. Some of them, 10 years later, you're like, man, this one's still weird. You know, the scorpion passage is still freaking me out, but (laughs) I get these other passages a little more. 
And then I would also add to it, don't, don't feel bad that you want to spend more time in the clear stuff too. So I always yeah. tell people, Hey, if you're just starting off, it's okay to read the clear stuff. Like, yeah, read, just read the gospel of John or Mark or, you know, something simpler. One of the letters of Paul that you can understand better. That's okay. But I would also say, yeah, and read the whole thing. <laughs> read the weird stuff you can't understand as well. Balanced diet. What would you add to that, Jim? You've been reading the Bible longer than some of us have. Any tips? Well, I would say uh, you're going to get interruptions and mm. you're going to have weeks like Jim's last week where life was totally different. And I didn't get to do that mm -hmm. like I planned on doing it. Mm -hmm. Be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. God is okay with that. <laughs> you know, you have a plan. Don't go back there and try and make up a week's reading just to get it done so you can check it off. Because I know how that goes. I will I will get nothing from trying to catch up a week at a time. <laughs> so, yeah, just let it go. Know that God still loves you and just carry on. I think, I think it's easy to feel defeated if you miss mm -hmm. some time. And to say, Alec, I can't do this. I'll never do it right. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, God's not asking for perfection. He's asking for, uh, for contending, right? He wants us to struggle and to keep on going. And, yeah. So, so yeah, don't give up just because you missed some stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember when P90X was a big fitness craze? we we did b90x back then it was the bible in 90 days was, anyways yeah yeah I've, I've seen people do that i like i don't know that i could do it yeah it's a lot i like i'm like my personal preference is fifth gear and first gear like i like to I like to do both. Like I like to sprint through the 90 day stuff and just like try to, you know, churn through as much as I can, as fast as I can to see patterns. But then I also like to slow way down and really dig into verse by verse study meditation. Um, and I think some of that probably depends on the person, like how you, how you wrestle with information. So. And different methods for different times to help you see things differently. Like you were starting to say, but okay. Mm -hmm. So we are almost an hour into today's, um, and basically, we, we have a couple options. Here's option number mm -hmm. one, which will be uh, voted down. Option number one, <laughs> stop here and uh, reconvene tomorrow for point two and Wednesday for point three. <laughs> Negative? All right, not doing that. Nah, All right, okay. here's another option. Just push through and see how long we go, but it's already almost 1130. Uh, mm. And here's my recommendation, maybe. I don't know. I say mm. we skip point two. And go to mm -hmm. point three, mm -hmm. and I have, I have one thing about point three, but I think it mm -hmm. could maybe take us as long as we've already gone. But uh, mm. or All we right. could just I don't know whatever you guys want to do. I'm not gonna force anything Lead on. on. Do it, do it, man, do it. Okay, let's go to point three. And my biggest thing for point three that I felt um, needs um, that I need clarification on at least is your slide for point three. So point mm -hmm, three, mm -hmm. you put up a slide. It had mm -hmm. uh, three sentences, on, no, three math equations on it. And it said, faith leads to salvation plus works. It said, faith, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to yep, make it. I got it. Faith plus, mm -hmm. yeah, can you Good. read it to me? Faith plus works leads to salvation, mm -hmm. and faith leads to salvation minus good works. So, it was those three math equations, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, actually the final one had works in parentheses with a minus, so you have to multiply mm -hmm. it first. But <laughs> um, the, the, the three math equations, when you put them up on the board... At first, mm -hmm. it was very confusing for me because I was like, what mm -hmm. is he trying to say? Why is this all up here? And then you mm -hmm. crossed out mm -hmm. some stuff and it got a little more clear. But I was, I want to um, give the opportunity to help clarify that or maybe re-explain mm -hmm. that because when you finally chose one, mm -hmm. uh, it looked like you were saying faith leads to salvation 
but it's plus works, if that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. we, you know, we'll often say yep. salvation plus anything is, or gospel plus anything at least, or gospel mm-hmm. minus anything mm-hmm. at least. So, I don't know. I yeah, feel yeah. like at the end of the day, you may be... We're already going for like 50 minutes long and wanted needed to finish. And so you didn't have enough time on this. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, it was confusing for me and I was hoping for a re-explanation. Sure. Sure. So uh, basically my summary is that Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 teaches that formula that I represented. Obviously doctrine is not a math formula. So that, that might be part of the barrier for you. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, really good at math. Know, no, that's 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 what I'm saying. That might be the problem. <laughs> You're thinking too mathy, like it's not math. So it's like it's a representation. It's a summary. So the idea is that some people say faith leads to salvation and good works should not be a part of the equation. And I'm saying no, good works should be a part of the equation. They just have to come on the other side of our assurance of salvation. So faith in Jesus leads to salvation. Done deal. And then good works are going to start growing in your life. And I, I believe that is the biblical teaching, which I will stand by. And that's what I've taught my whole life. The question is, does that formula clearly represent that to people? Yeah, maybe that formula, you know, maybe those uh, symbols are confusing. Um, so maybe it's less helpful to some people than to others. But there's, you know, a 2000 year debate in the church over these issues. So I don't, you know, I don't pretend that it's simple, (laughs) but I do believe very strongly that what I represented was true. It just, yeah, maybe the mathematical formula is, is less helpful. So the letter of Galatians is saying you can't add anything to faith, right? Like it's, it's, it's faith alone. It's grace alone. And so the letter of Galatians is refuting that second one, which says it's faith plus works. Paul's like, no, it's not faithless works. It's faith. That's what leads to your salvation. And then good works will result from that. You know, he talks about that in Galatians as well. But his main emphasis is to counter version two, which is faithless works. And then version three is faith leads to salvation and there's no change in our life. It's just an eternal salvation, but we don't have to do any good works. And James is the letter that's written to counter that. So sometimes people put James and Galatians next to each other and they say, James and Galatians don't agree. And what my point is, no, they're refuting different uh, systems. One's refuting number two, one's refuting number three. They both agree on number one, which is summarized in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Um, And I would say the rest of the Bible. Does that help any? I, I still think, like you're saying, maybe just maybe using a formula is not that helpful for people. Yeah, I think it's... Is the plus sign actually in the first one on the slide? I don't recall that. I, I put an arrow there. It is. Okay. Well, I yeah. put an arrow be there because, for me, those good works emanate from salvation. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah I do think the arrow makes, makes more sense. Um, the funny thing is the word plus is not in the Bible, but plus, plus is like a red flag for it. You know, those of us that have been taught in the evangelical movement, if you, you know, plus works, then you're, like Joey said, then you're taking away from the gospel. To me, I was just trying to say, as long as it's in the order of operations on the other side of the arrow, <laughs> it's okay. So, yeah, maybe two arrows would make more sense. I don't know if that solidifies it for me, but I'll count it as good okay. enough. Um Anyways. I'll just blame Chris. Uh, Chris made the PowerPoint slides. I, <laughs> I thought of putting ampersands. This is good at math, too. <laughs> I thought of putting ampersands. But technically, yes. nobody knows what technically those means, so. to Dave's point, as soon as you put the mm-hmm. arrows in, you're in chemistry and not math. So correct. Mm, so you can, yes. you're purely you're not purely allowed to say this doesn't make mathematical sense anymore. So that was my addition to it. I yes. turned it into arrows instead of what it was before. But that is just yeah. a catalyst. Chemistry I like the math. two arrows. What's that? Huh? No, good. <laughs> I, I think I just said chemistry is math, but it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a chemical reaction. I actually looked it up because the last time I did this, y'all skewered me because I used really weird symbols. I had like a weird equal sign with an arrow, blah, but it looked like equal, greater than, less than. It was crazy. 
And so I looked it up because I was like, I think I got the idea from chemistry symbols and I had mashed up. There's some chemistry symbol for a forward arrow, a backward arrow, and it means the equation can go either way, you know, or it can be the, the chemical <laughs> process can be reversed or something. I don't know. I was getting them all mixed up in my head. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Yeah, I don't remember the. I had somebody asked me to ask about the order of, I think, mm-hmm. salvation, faith with the arrow, and I can't remember mm-hmm. what the actual question was. So that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. But there, yeah. there were more questions about it than just what I just yeah. asked. But yeah, yeah, and I think someone else said, someone emailed me and said, well. Where does our faith come from? It comes from God, and God's the one that initiates the method. Um, yep, right. I mean, like, the formula can't represent every single thing. It's, it's, the point is to, like, boil it down and be simple. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to, next time, it's just going to be a purple cloud and a gold cloud, <laughs> and then a, a wind. And they have to actually yes. all overlap each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The spirit blows where it will. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I might change it to two, two arrows. That could be helpful. That could be a helpful adaptation. Get rid of that plus sign. Because I, I can see that a plus sign is a stumbling block for many people. It's a yeah, you could do an ampersand. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, Jesus plus anything. No way, or well, you could yeah. also, grace plus anything is not grace. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could put it in parentheses, like you have for the works mm-hmm. part. Then it would. Yeah, that mm-hmm. might. But the parentheses definitely can't be math at that point. So it, it's. Yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> well. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. So. It was more like a painting in my mind. I didn't really mean it to be. You know how words have meanings? Mm-hmm. Symbols have meanings, too. I think that's that's where it struggles because yes. it, yes. it, it yeah. seems like it's starting to present falsity, mm-hmm. even though you're just trying to do a painting, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I would argue that the plus sign is exactly right. It's just a stumbling block because people have been drilled on. Plus anything. Plus anything is wrong. You know, you can't add anything to Jesus and... I just feel like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, it's on that side of the. It's after the salvation, but but fair enough. It's a, it's a good communicator has to be aware of what people's stumbling blocks are. You know, like oh, that's a huge distraction for people. So I'm probably not going to use that formula anymore. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, Chris. You probably people. took a long time to make that. My bad. <laughs> um, he basically just fixed my formula. I had I had the weird equal sign stuff too. But, he cleaned up, so. I he think we can better. get there. I think we can get there. I think there. we can get there. Mm. The problem is, I think, anyway, we've nerded out way too long on this. We're done. We're done. <laughs> way too long. No more. No more. Yep. Shutting it down. Okay. Um, well, there's probably lots more we could have talked about, but we spent a really long time talking about the first point. Um, I don't know how long we're actually been live. Uh, everything's confusing, but... We're really close. So last uh, closing closing arguments or thoughts mm. around the horn. Jim, anything left? Mm. Kendrick, anything left? By no means. <laughs> By no means. <laughs> By means you have nothing left or you have something to say about <laughs> by no means? That's the real question. He wants us to spend another hour on, on Romans chapter 6, yeah. verse 1 and 2. I have nothing. <laughs> Chris? I'm good. David? Nope. Nope. It's all good. All right, cool. Well, sermon talk over. Any announcements that need to be made? Information people need to be made aware of? Chris or Dave? I guess we're Jim or Big Steve Guess with the youth. They're hosting a Super Bowl party. Tell people that. Super party in the parking lot. Any, anybody's lot. invited, I think. Giant projector. Um, cool weather. Yeah, it might be cold. Be warm or cold on Sunday. Forecast yeah, is cold. cold. It's supposed to snow, but they changed it to Ooh. no snow. Whoa, oh, whoa, man, man, but, uh, we're getting a lot of snow around here. I'm all about it. Yeah. Ooh, wow. 
could never live where it snows all the time, but I could do one day of snow every couple weeks. I could do mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> okay, Super Bowl's coming up. Anything else? Am I missing anything? Big announcements need to be made. Uh, Hope Pregnancy Center still looking for more volunteers. They have an online training February 18th and 19th. You could go to hopepc.org, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Or .com. Maybe .com. Oh, no. Maybe it's both. I guessed off the top of my head. I didn't look at anything, so. It is .com. Got it. .com. <laughs> yep, yep. Right. Homestarrunner.net. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, last thoughts, last chance. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we have been gone for so long. We know you all missed us dearly. Um, we look forward to joining you again next week, as long as some mm-hmm. slight minor inconvenience doesn't stop us from podcasting. Just kidding. I don't know. There weren't slight minor inconveniences. I don't know why I said that. We'll take that, more callers next week, too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let us know if you want to join us and ask Dave the hard questions. Can't just be me struggling about math. I know you're out That's there, right. too. We're done with plus signs around here, people. (laughs) All right. Well, we will see you all next week. Adios.